what I really wanted to hear was, it doesn't fall apart, or it didn't fall apart for me. Not only did it not fall apart, but the whole world opened up differently. Mm. And, and I can be so fully here, human, and simultaneously, all of it. Welcome to the Luminous Path podcast, your destination for conversations about life, love, soul, presence, healing, growth, embodiment, non-duality, and our true nature. I'm excited to introduce you to Emilio Diaz Barroso. He is a successful Mexican-American entrepreneur, philanthropist, and the author of The Mystery of You. In this episode, we explore Emilio's transformation from a seeker to the recognition of his true nature. It's so lovely connecting with you. So I found you through Buddha at the Gas Pump. Mm -hmm. And I was so happy to hear your journey of like embodying both um, life and ch children and work and uh, finances and all of that. And also having your own, you know, freedom, spiritual awakening and, and not being attached to all this life stuff that can kind of weigh us down or, or just be a celebration. So I felt really, um, it really was like medicine for my soul because I also resonated with you that it's not many people who been on the spiritual path who, who are kind of saying yes to life, to like the, the normal, more normal life with the, yeah, husband and wives, children and, and the, the craziness of it. And I feel like that's actually true mastery of being able to hold, hold both or being connected to yourself fully and also to the world. Um, and I'm reading your book. I haven't finished it, but yeah. So thank you for being here. <laughs> I just gotta say, just being in your presence feels like such a gift. Thank you. Really, really. And thank you for following what felt true for you and your heart and reaching out and, uh, and wanting to connect. And I've been following your work. Thank you for all the ways in which you show up mm. and the way that you're sort of really speaking so beautifully about embodiment and with this very particular human form that you that you are uh, living out of and, uh, and that you get to share in the ways that you do is, is really such a gift. So I feel very grateful for you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm like, I, I've been feeling into the new earth and, and how, uh, how we can live so differently. And it's so beautiful because so many people are really waking up um, in their own unique way. And I feel like together now it's going to be way more strong um, to share this and to actually, yeah, come together and, and know that we're not alone on this journey and that it's so many people actually waking up that are not you know in the ashrams or <laughs> only in the monasteries and stuff but in the day-to-day -day, day life and um yeah and so i i have i feel this this talks feels less of a interview podcast it's more like an exploration and a conversation and I have questions for you um, that I'm very curious 
to hear and I want to hear your insights and, and your truth and your, yeah, your, your view. Um, so, and I, I, I listened to a few of your podcasts before that you've been in and they're really, really beautiful. Um, and yeah, you've spoken about your childhood and you being, um, growing up in a very wealthy, wealthy family in uh, Mexico city and working in finance and, and different, that's that world to me is like, I don't know that world very well, but, um, so I don't know if you, nobody want to... does, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just different, different degrees of pretending that we do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um, do you want to share a little bit about that too, as a start and, um, and then we can go from there. And um, then I would like to hear about when your awakening kind of happened, when you had the shift and so forth. But maybe you want to share a little bit about your uh, the beginning of your your life and your you growing up and so forth. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm just finding this to be such a delight. So thank you. <laughs> um, so you mentioned like I grew up in a very unique kind of life environment with a lot of people that seem to have it all together and that were perceived by others to seem to have it all together. And I also grew up going to a Catholic school in Mexico City where you know Mexico is very Catholic and it was confusing at many levels. It was confusing because I would hear certain things coming out of the I guess what what my what the priests were saying or what I believed, sort of this Christ consciousness. I wouldn't call it Christ consciousness back then, I would call it just this this figure of Christ and how how he seemed to have lived and the disconnect between that and how I perceived that people that were speaking on his behalf were living. And that was confusing. Mm. Um, which is not too dissimilar to how I perceived people that seem to have it all together from a financial perspective or being admired where you would imagine then they sort of be at a place of inner contentment and peace and sort of almost like an inner arrival. And yet they were still very much in, in the chasing mode. And, uh, and I, I didn't have the, I guess, maturity or context back then to, to pick up on it fully, but there was something that was always like, Oh, it's just, I'm, I'm so, curious about this so th these yeah. questions were always there i just learned from an early age to suppress those questions to override them with what sort of the societal norms were telling me which is just go quick fast there wherever there is mm -hmm. and uh, so i did a lot of that a lot of running and a lot of chasing mm -hmm. mostly trying to catch up to somewhere that I had no idea where that summer was. Mm. And it's interesting because as I say that, I noticed that when I was chasing enlightenment in my spiritual path, I also didn't know what that was. Mm. <laughs> like I remember asking myself, what, what is the thing that I'm chasing? And I was like, I, I really I hadn't actually, which sounds so strange that I had been chasing it for so long and I really hadn't questioned deeply what what that was that I was trying to arrive at like how I would know or I had these ideas and these images of this gurus and but those were just sort of things that I had created in my mind 
it's so beautiful um for to see how that self is like leaning on even more so more subtly in the um in the spiritual realm the the spiritual ego still wanting to kind of get somewhere and become something um and yeah it's the same self trying to be more and not less um when did you discover that illusion so to say did you have was it like a gradual kind of awakening to that or um because i also heard that you got so tired or exhausted and that was in that's where the medicine was in a way that you were out running you went full full on with this spiritual drive as well the same that you maybe had in the financial or um, your career so if you want to share a little bit there yeah it was the same fuel of trying to get somewhere of 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 really saying this moment is not okay as it is and i am not okay as i am and i was very invested in getting to a place where i felt whole or i felt complete and i thought that the way to get there was to accumulate more whatever that more was and in the spiritual realm it was more insights and more realizations and more awakening experiences but it was very much oriented from this perspective of the seeker mm. and and what i find a lot of spiritual seekers including myself get caught up on is that we're we're so invested in this persona that we forget that having the persona as the core orientation in the first place is what creates the separation it's what creates this idea that we're not enough but we're still operating out of this persona that is convinced that at some point something's going to be enough for this persona to feel complete and the shift is not this persona eventually having so much insight or so much awakening that the persona is enlightened right the the big shift is noticing that this expression this persona the seeking in itself is enlightenment doing what it does so almost embracing the seeking and the path and the wanting to awaken that's also grace that's also source moving through and guiding us um because in the spiritual traditions they're talking a lot about like don't see <laughs> you know the um and how do you how do you dissolve or how do you see through that um is it just about allowing the seeking and allowing the expression or allowing all of it or like what what was the moment when you kind of when when you saw through the seeking too because i feel like yeah you saw through that yeah yeah there are, there are a few little moments and then it's always easier in retrospect right you can paint a very pretty picture it's like oh this is how it happened yeah whatever <laughs> there's a lot of <laughs> Very, and, <laughs> it can be very messy on the way <laughs> and when you're in, like ow <laughs> uh -huh. <It> hurts. <laughs> uh, yeah we 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 turn a, a thriller into a romantic comedy right <laughs> the 
I really remember moments along the way when I would hear this invitation to start anew in the spiritual path. And that felt so scary. It's like, what do you mean start anew? Mm. And I could just, just like the, the way the body responds, right? It's like, no, 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 no. I have gotten all the way over here. What do you mean start from scratch? Mm. And it was, it was telling to me in those moments how I was holding these spiritual realizations and insights and levels as this new bank account. It was my new measure of how much I had progressed. And this spiritual identity was very invested in more progression. So when I would hear these things of like, okay, imagine, are you willing to give up every insight, every realization you've ever had? Contraction. And, and, and I would either convince myself or say, yeah, I am, but I wasn't really. And, and it, there were a lot of little moments like that where it was telling that there was still this orientation around this spiritual persona wanting to be enlightened. And, and I think that is beautiful. And it's, it's part of the journey. And, it's, and I think having judgments over that being in place or not, or trying to force it to not exist is just more of that egoic persona wanting to achieve something. Right? How it, when, if I could find like a place where, where some of those bigger shifts happen or one of the biggest shifts happened, it was in, in, a, uh, in the middle of a, of a long silent registration, which I mean, long for me, it was maybe a, a 10 day, and I was well into it. Um, and something happened where I really got to see my need for spiritual insights, this desire to get more, to understand more, to have greater revelations to have meditations that were mind-blowing, to see everything as one, as, as just more of the same mechanics that was almost like an addict saying, okay, let me just have one more. And then I'll, then I'll stop seeking. Then I'll trust that this too is source. And mm -hmm. just get this one. And, and it became so apparent and how, how it felt. It's almost like, I've described it like a balloon mm -hmm. and this balloon having a pinprick hole. And I was injecting air into this balloon. And this balloon was my sense of self. And I was injecting it at times with financial possessions or material of any sort or accumulation of, of recognition. Or, and in the spiritual realm, it was, it was insights, it was realizations, it was higher consciousness. Mm -hmm. But I was always inflating it and it was always kind of in a constant state of deflation with this whole. And I would feel good about myself at any given moment depending on how big this balloon was and how big it was in comparison to how it was before or in comparison to how it was uh, related to other balloons that I saw out there. <laughs> and in this, in this silent registration, what happened, it almost felt like the hole just became a gash. And all of the container in which I was blowing the air all of a sudden had no more place for it to hold that air. And if you can just connect with the sensation in the body of what, that would feel like it was so disorienting. And the old ways in which I could relate to that fuel or to life had had I had no context for them. And it wasn't like the many realizations or experiences of oneness I had had before, right? Which are elated and high. And this was a very like shoot 
kind of moment. It was like a like a deep loosing. Mm. Like the seeker truly seeing the game for what it was. Was it a time of like disorientation or was it and maybe that is still the the ego, you know, trying to orient, right? But if it's no separate self there, then maybe you're fully okay with the with having no location or no was it anything that felt um yeah that you have no guidance or was it fully just being guided by by you by source by like how because i think many people are afraid to like go in that extent because they they feel like who's gonna drive their car, uh, kids to school who are gonna you know do the job or if you have those uh, responsibilities in life so uh, was it a space of just spaciousness for a while or was it easy to kind of be in life with that openness i love that question i think i think it's important to back up a little bit um i'll speak to that but I want to speak to how much that played out in my mind, the fear of like, mm. I can't really let go, right? I, can't, yeah. I can't, it's almost like I would reach, how I would have described it, it's almost like I would reach the edge of a cliff. I say, just jump, I'd be like, what do you, what do you mean? <laughs> Everything in me is like contracting back, I'm not jumping. And the way that my mind would, Say it's like, well, if we jump, then you know, I'm not gonna be able to do this, I'm not gonna be able to do that, I'm just gonna be sort of floating around and I'm gonna be like Ramana Maharishi sitting down for weeks in a cave or years in a cave and lose my legs and you know. And it, I had to tell a story which was interesting. I was at a, at a retreat once and uh and I remember this beautiful woman, Dorothy Hunt. I don't know if you've ever come across Dorothy. No, she's lovely. She's I, lovely. I yeah, yeah. I only went to one of her retreats once because I was get a like I was looking for everything. Like I was just who's out there? Where, where can I get a retreat now? Uh, but she, I got lucky with, with all my teachers. And and at one point during one of her retreats, I I heard I need to be willing to give up those things that I covet the most. Right? And and that was. That I covet, that I that I hold on to dearest, mm. and I remember one of the thoughts that came forward in that moment was like, would I be willing to be very ill, paraplegic, and, and that's where the mind goes, right? Like it, it tries to go to the, the most extreme. It's like, oh really? Mm. How about that? And and I noticed all the fear around it, and and I was like, and I, I was in such a resolve internally. Like, yes, even that I'll take. And she invited people to share. And the next person that shared said, you know, two years ago, I, I decided that I would be willing to even be sick to get enlightened. And I've spent the last two years in the hospital, in and out. And it was like perfectly designed for me to go like, oh. <laughs> so I, uh, I, I want to really normalize, I think, fear in people and the, the part of us that it is not rational for that part of us that has been operating for so long 
to step off of that cliff, right? Yeah. It, it, it is it is very counter to sort of what we've learned. This this deep existential fear of I must exist mm. is really what it what it boils down to. Has a purpose, right? And and I think if we can accommodate our relationship to that by recognizing that it's, it serves and that it's part of it and not trying to sort of, like I did, sort of carve it out of my body, but relaxing into it. I think that's very helpful. Yeah, it's almost like the survival or reptilian or like the animal energies on, uh, in us is only here to serve life in a way it's here to make sure life is continuing on so it's so beautiful if we can hold that also in love and love that part that is only trying to live just like a flower is trying to find its way and receive the sunlight and like being nurtured and it's a very innocent energy in a way and i can relate to that too for myself of I've been having all these things in my head, in the back of my neck, and I feel like it's it's kind of the energy of grasping, trying to hold on and not let go. But it feels like a very old energy, like the, mm. this energy in the spine, the Kundalini, the snake energy, not fully plugging into source consciousness, but holding on to the old structures and can so relate to this cliff like I feel like I've been standing on the cliff <laughs> for a while and I'm like part of me is like the jump I small self can't really do the jumping the, the jumping has to come from a bigger space but allowing these smaller surrenders happen as well like when I don't know sometimes I have this really tenderness in the heart and i don't know like where it's coming from what the story is it just aches deeply in my heart just recently i've been just allowing it to come anytime it wants so if i'm at the cafe and tears comes <laughs> then <laughs> that is what comes up and i gonna hold that space for it to not not be like I, i'll take care of it in two hours but really being present with um the moment and what is arising in the moment and and i heard you also talk about the embodiment of really feeling feeling it in the body these energies that wants to just come home into love they want to they want to be loved they don't want to be hammered down or changed or manipulated conditionally loved like i i will love you if you go away or <laughs> Um, <laughs> and in a way, all these contractions are such a gift of learning how to love. Mm. How do you love these parts of ourselves just feel so achy and painful and contracted? And um, how can we even love the ugly, the, you know, the deep, deep traumas the shit in the world like it's so much craziness going on right now in the world as well with all the structures in my opinion trying to find new expressions that are more of an expression of the higher consciousness that i feel is happening um 
But anyways, a few spots here <laughs> that I um, also wanted to touch on was your the Christ consciousness that you touched on in the beginning. Um, and and on, on a bigger picture, like in humanity, how do you, because they've been talking about the second coming of Christ and every more the more new age spirituality is talking about a shift in consciousness and that we are in kind of in entering into the golden age and do you have any notions of the more collective energetics and or when you have been having that uh, knowing of the true self maybe it doesn't matter how the world will unfold yeah i want to i want to touch on a few things and yeah. I, I, Again, I just my my heart. Even when you speak of of how the tenderness in your heart, I I feel so grateful that you are in a place within yourself where you can make space for that. I think that is such a gift for humanity. So I really acknowledge and thank that. Thank you. I want to I want to circle back before I address some of these things. I'm keeping tabs of the what you were speaking. We were speaking about the fear, and then if I really let go, then my life will fall apart. Mm. I think part of why I, I'm not your, I'm not a teacher. I'm not really a, apparently now I'm an author, but I'm not. <laughs> that's not really what I, what I, what my life is. And what I really wanted to hear was, it doesn't fall apart, right? or it didn't fall apart for me. Not only did it not fall apart, but the whole world opened up differently, and, and I can be so fully here human and simultaneously all of it and i can make so much space for caring for loving for feeling because previously that capacity was limited to what was desirable and undesirable mm. and now that doesn't mean that i don't have desires or that i don't have preferences but even those are held within a larger context so it it invites me to feel things that I had never fully experienced. So when if I circle it back to, does it matter when you're in that sense of oneness? Does it matter what happens to the world? So much. Mm. It matters so deeply. Mm. And at some level, we have greater capacities to play our part, but we spend a lot less time thinking about what should and shouldn't and find ourselves more fully in the moment showing up. Less time thinking about what others are doing wrong or politics or we're even thinking, I spend very little time thinking of where is this going and is there a second coming or is there an awakening or is there, and I just know what right now needs to feel like, mm. not what needs to feel like, but how, how I can bring all of my capacities. Mm. Because part of what this larger context allows is a that redemptive love that you were speaking of. Right? That can that can that can love all those parts of ourselves, that can change the relationship with with all those things that arise from one of antagonism to one of sort of love. And I like to use the word curiosity. Because mm. then that's just not internally, that's also external. Then, then the politicians or the global warming or unconsciousness or whatever we want to call it, 
in, in the absence of separation, it's just how do I get to redeem all of those parts? Which is very different than at the beginning in the more transcendent quality, right? In the transcendent quality, after that balloon popping, let's say, the story's solidity. So it's like, well, nothing's real. It's all I. Mm. And I think a lot of spiritual people that have deep realizations, very tempting to get stuck there because it's very comfortable. And I came across a lot of teachers that were there and they that were speaking of the abstractness and the emptiness of it all. And to your point earlier, I think that's true, mm -hmm. but that's not the whole truth. Yeah, it feels like almost the full circle has to also to bring the the medicine back to to the village or to the community and to the world. Like the world is the most difficult place to to be fully in source if you if you get triggered and so forth so that's where you're going to meet where you're holding or where you are triggered and it's easy to be in these beautiful environments and completely drop in and connect to the sacred or to be as home within at all times when you're there but i feel like that what it feels to me is this time now where we're all invited to actually bring it back back to humanity in all our unique ways and it doesn't have to be speaking that it can be through all these different vessels and i think um that's why i'm so curious about your journey and also i know you're running a few businesses and you're very active in the world as well and and how are you making decisions are the decisions coming from after i guess we've been seeing through the duality maybe it's just one decision it's never your true self is making the decision so it's not so much navigating anymore it's more of a clarity on what needs to happen and what what needs to fall away or what uh, who to connect to and <laughs> like how are you navigating the dance of 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 life being fully you and fully um and another point sorry i'm wondering a little bit but another point that you were sharing yes that kind of getting stuck in the oneness or um staying in in the yumminess at home within and sometimes this spiritual bypassing that we hear all these words about yeah oneness and be nothing no one here and so and so but it's more of a mental idea like how can we fully know these things in our hearts in our wombs in our bodies in um to really really feel that on all the levels of being and um as a woman like i feel some of these non-dual teachings really resonates but also sometimes and where's the heart where is the play where is the aliveness where is life you know it can become a little dry and a little too empty almost like where's the blooming of the the heart, the flowers, the, you know, the beauty, the, the song, the, 
yeah any any thoughts around oh, this yeah. topics yeah <laughs> i heard i heard two one of them was choice and the other one sort of this oneness um transcendent quality of empty formless yeah uh, on the choice side it almost feels like you're asking me why did you choose to purse your lips right then like oh, oh, you would yeah. be like well well i i didn't or your hands right it's like well I, I don't know that i really chose it i it it feels that instantaneous mm. and i used to be someone that was very i i can still be very analytical at times but i don't remember the last time i had to sit back and make a choice mm. if that makes sense mm -hmm. i think i think the way that and that doesn't mean that there's clarity because it almost feels like the 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 me wants clarity so that it doesn't do something wrong mm. right? like give me give me reduce my chances of messing up or of hurting so get me clarity and i'll get in line so i'm super clear mm -hmm. or you know or, or so i don't hurt get hurt or so i and and i think the which is beautiful and innocent and sometimes we require an analytical capacity to come online and make it. So if something very grounded, right? Because I love grounded examples. Like I need to, dis I, I don't know. I don't think that I'm disclosing anything that I shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. I own sp shares of SpaceX, for example, mm -hmm. right? amazing company. Mm -hmm. And I need to decide whether I, I'm going to sell it or I'm not going to sell it. For example, that seems like a, big choice right and from a previous perspective that would be like oh i need to choose am i selling it or am i not selling it? right now it feels like i'm just continuing to walk until i decide and i like giving the analogy of the hike right because we've we've all hiked and at some point in the hike we may need to decide or am i going left or am i going right but most of the time during our hike we're not overthinking every step no and and when it's time to go left or right it's more likely that when we get there we're not saying okay what decision am i making these are all the pros for going left these are all the pros for going right and it becomes more like a natural impulse sometimes we may say well it looks a little bit sketchy over there so i'll go this way but it becomes part of that journey and those capacities become enhanced in my experience as opposed to diminished mm. And this, we can call it choice, but this fullness of where I stand at any given moment is no longer outsourced to, did I do it right or did I not do it right? Mm. So everything becomes the right, in a way. <laughs> Every step is the right. Yeah, yeah, because there's, there's no longer um, an idea of what should be yeah and if there is an idea of what should be then that's just seen as a momentary expression of like oh there's that part that mm. thinks it knows right. like it's no longer seen as an issue mm. because i think part of what what we get when we get that transcendent is that we or i certainly was very invested in getting to a place of perfect clarity perfect oneness total joy and bliss, constant Sachitananda <laughs> out there, right? And, and, and that's what I, so I think that's what keeps a lot of us spinning. We associate 
source with only the experiences that we deem as good. Mm. Yeah, the holy ones. <laughs> the holy ones. <laughs> Not yeah. the demons in the darkness, but that is also in source, as source, <laughs> playing their part, doing what they need to do <laughs> somehow. Yeah. And then back to what you were saying about the blooming, I think the the capacity to recognize that full expression of humanity in all of its forms as source and the intimacy. See, because we may start off with, with I'm going back to the, the other part where we're saying, let's love all those parts of ourselves. But it can get to a place where it's no longer loving those parts of ourselves, but there's such an intimacy where the separation between this perceived lover and unworthiness, right, for, for lack of a better word, is no longer there. And there's so much. And from that place, we don't mind all of the forms. We don't have someone that is saying, those are the right forms and those are the wrong forms, or we need to be in this state of oneness because that's what enlightenment looks like. Mm. And if I'm invested in appearing enlightened, that's just more of that egoic because from that perspective, I need to be very protective. And then my, my humanity is almost like I need to manage it. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think maybe sometimes in that journey too, when we become way more, more sensitive that sometimes maybe we do pull back from life for a bit and we sit with that inner root or rooting into source instead of to the external that we've been in. We're almost like pulling out for a while to establish that sense of, of the true self of what is, the, I mean, the, the non-becoming to then open. I've done a little bit of that, the pulling back and, and now I'm feeling like I'm, I'm being called to come out of my hiding and it's, um, all these fears comes up around that because it feels very vulnerable to be in life, to be seen. I have a sen sense of something way deeper and yet I don't really know what it is. It's like, and I have moments of, of these, just feeling fully home in a way. And, and then yeah, when life comes in, it, it hits me in places and it hurts. <laughs> and it's, it's a little scary, like, um, to, to be out in the world, like fully, fully as you are in your openness, in your vulnerability, in your intimacy. And also like the safety, um, cause we do have human bodies and all of that and, and money and, it, you know, it, attracting the right things for us and finding our path. Um, I'm in a place right now where um, I'm finding, like I love healing and sound and breath and all these methods and ceremony. I've been in Iboga ceremonies and that's where I kind of really felt my heart were just sparking of remembrance of <laughs> the cosmic and like the, you know, the, all these magical things. But I also saw that that's not it. I had these 
such beautiful visions and also this like homecoming into kind of the cosmic womb or the the more like star star energy and this expansion expansion of the heart and the heart just wanting to sing out to the whole universe <laughs> um and then in that emptiness or going even further i had this moment of like it doesn't matter how deep i go into the universe how far out i'm never going to find it there um and that's when <laughs> something dropped and now i feel like it's it's inwards but it's like when do you know that you know because i think many people have kind of stages of unfolding or or awakening but when do you know that you're that you're fully home into home <laughs> in source that is a question that i've been actually pondering about because i've been having a lot of doubt on the journey and i thought that doubt was kind of I hold on to doubt so dearly because I felt like doubt is the portal into my truth. But it's all these sneaky illusions. Also with the waking up, if I wake up, I don't know if I can have relationship or if I wake up, I can't wake up because I don't feel safe enough because I don't feel like I have enough finances to, you know, all these excuses for, for this surrender. Do we have a choice in the awakening or does the awakening happen when it's meant to for us, for this body, mind, spirit? Um, so <laughs> many <laughs> feeling like sharing. Uh, I, you know what I, what I love so much is that you give voice to all of us. You, you give voice to, I wouldn't have been able to verbalize the way you because I was too invested in appearing a certain way or in my spiritual persona. And, and that was part of what I think was a disservice to me. Mm. And so I think your earnestness, because there's a distinction between doubt and earnestness, right? Mm. Your earnestness is your biggest asset from my perspective in the journey, not yours as people's, mm. to be able to discern when this is sort of a protection or a hijacking and not to judge it, but just to recognize it. Uh, that's so powerful. And I, I, I want to really highlight and celebrate that in you. And there was a teacher that said, doubt is the last thing to go. And I think the opportunity to live so fully that you get to offer doubt the full experience of being. Rather than doubt being a trigger for you to find resolution, what if doubt was in and of itself just had been waiting its entire existence for you to allow it to exist? Hmm. Yeah, that resonates. <laughs> The same for your fears. So all those fears that would come up, especially embodying the woman body, right? The feminine, female, in a world where there's been so much antagonism towards the feminine, towards the female, where protective layers have had to been erected for so long. 
Yeah, I really feel that in the body of the feminine, like it is a different, it's almost like a little different awakening for, for the feminine. You, you get to experience and redeem, not redeem in the sense of curing them, redeem in the sense of giving those fears the consciousness they've been waiting to experience been experienced with like how many times has the fear of being a woman been experienced consciously mm. right so then the relationship to these fears and these things you grow in your capacity to allow them to be so fully here it's deep my heart is like yay <laughs> yeah. it's like yes please <laughs> mm. Because then these fears or these things are not in the way of you experiencing home. Mm. They're just coming home. They're being reminded of where they exist by being experienced consciously, by being so intimately curious. Yeah, I, I feel like the passion in my heart feels also about the the remembrance of the feminine of um, of feeling safe and and home in the feminine expression of the divine and I feel like many of us women and men doesn't really know how that looks like so it's a rediscovering of the like feminine expression in the wake awakening i think essentially we're all source spirit but we i am in a female body and you are in a male body and we do have different kind of um, expressions or vessels where how these energies and emotions and stagnations or even like many lifetimes of programming and you know the witch has been burned at the stakes and the healer is being burned and the and also for the masculine like the or men yeah like the mystics and all the people that been bearing light have been mostly punished also a lot and i feel like it's a deep deep fear in every human like how would it be to be fully revealing this or being living in this as it's been killing me many lifetimes before, perhaps, or we know it in the story of Jesus being at the cross. Yeah, and the feminine also through, you know, the, the stories, like the feminine path have been so in the shadows. It haven't been many stories of the feminine awakening, even in, you know, Jesus and Mary Magdalene and, and where is her story? And we have this idea about the feminine, what she is, who she is and so forth. But how is she when she really comes through? Like I had a dream about this volcano of a fiery woman coming out of the volcano. Um, and it was so much fire and like <laughs> power there that it's, it feels overwhelming. And I've been having many talks to friends uh, that are also on this journey of discovering who we are um, and it comes down almost when you go deeper and deeper it 
becomes a lot is this such and strong energy that has been dormant for so long or been pushed down or cut down or um and inviting inviting that back home again speaking from the male masculine perspective i am so deeply sorry that i've been so afraid of your power so innocent on both sides and yet it is time it's time and and part of what you get to offer is the conscious embodiment and the masculine too i i heard this native american talk about the masculine because it's so much of the feminine of like her wounding but also the men have been in the wars, they've been seeing their children die, they've been seeing their kids been taken, taken away and killed, yeah. perhaps. So it's, it's like on both sides, it's just been a lot of pain there. And it's no one's fault. People are knowing their true, true being. And I think the suffering, hopefully, I mean, first of all, it guides us home, we wouldn't have that knock on the door of something aching and painful and then we wouldn't we wouldn't take the path so in a way that's also a gift the suffering the pain the ache um yeah i'm very grateful too that you're your father and you have a family and it seems like um from what i heard also in your other sharings it feels like you're really learning from your children you're really seems like you're holding such a beautiful beautiful space for them to like be in their creative magical innocence and their discovery of themselves and their world and um you want to share a little bit about being a parent on this journey and in relationship and on having a family and Incredible. It's it's really redefined all of the definitions I had about um, perfection. Mm -hmm. Because part of what I get to do is I get to witness them as they are and witness the parts of me that during those age stages were not embraced mm. or, and all the misunderstandings that I grew up around. And to notice how at times I will approach my children from those places of old assumptions and I have to slow down and really question, oh, wow. Yeah, no, that's an old one. Mm. And, and what has been one of the greatest shifts in parenting for me is that I've recognized that the more of my humanity I can bring to that equation, the more, see, because then when, rather than trying to be the perfect parent, I recognize that when I messed up, it's an opportunity to take responsibility and course correct and show them what it's like to mess up. Mm. And that feels like such a gift. 
because then they are free to mess up in front of me and they are free to take responsibility mm. and say i'm sorry or say you know this wasn't what I, how i wanted to react or and it's almost like we're learning together sort of how to navigate this thing and from a psychological perspective there are so many misunderstandings and woundings that happened i think to me but i think to most of us as we're growing up that that children i think that's part of why parenting is so difficult for people because they they do bring up some of those triggers right and and as parents it's normal to sort of close down distance sort of blame out there or try to manage and and i want to invite every parent uh, to see if they could just shift that relationship with their mess ups uh mm. into one of being able to model what it's like to mess up and mm. and own it yeah right not take um not be shame or shaming yourself or guilting yourself but owning it um and holding holding space for the mess in as a human human <laughs> humanness um yeah. so beautiful and it probably creates such a freedom in them than to be curious and to fall and to rise and to live and play and explore. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and, and in me, right? It, it becomes this this shared curiosity of life and and a, a constant questioning that I know anything. Mm. Right? And it's such a tricky balance as a parent where you still have a certain, and they're teenagers, so they're a little bit older, but where you still have a role that you're playing. It's like, oh, well, you know, a little bit more to the left, a little bit more to the right. But I notice how much of my protagonism in their lives, probably 90% of it was unnecessary. Uh, these ideas, no, without me, they go totally off course. <laughs> Not at all. No. It's kind of the same, the same as 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 life, right? It's <laughs> it's like the same thing. Oh, if I if I truly let go, then it'll all go to shoot. But no, I think things things seem to find their way, and mm. yeah, and we just bring our heart and our mind to every situation in the way that that we can. So beautiful. If you have anything else you want to share before we we're closing, or any messages or anything that comes from your being? I just feel a lot of gratitude for you. Mm. And, and we touched a little bit on the body, but the fact that the feminine tends to have more direct access to the body than the masculine, at least from the people that I've been mentoring along the way, is such a gateway to what's here right now. And if we can use our bodies, our energies, our contractions, whatever it is, to get curious with them and to explore them. To me, that becomes um, a direct entry point into that is beyond sort of this linear time that the mind operates in. And then, and then the invitation is that curiosity that we've been speaking of, right? Which is sort of the balm of love. It's like, oh, what is present right now? Because when you were sharing earlier, I go out into the world and they'll contract. It's like, oh, what does contraction feel like? Can I drop into my body and fully experience that contraction? In that intimate way that I 
I know you can. Mm. So I'm just grateful mm. that we get to that we get to share. There was a teacher that used to uh, quote someone who said it's a we're buddies in the bathroom. Mm. <laughs> and that's what it feels like. Beautiful. Um, it's been such pleasure talking to you, and you have such a warm and trusting energy. Um, I just feel very safe and loved loved hearing your your view, your way, your path, your yeah, your unique expression and and what is what is your what is your steps ahead? Do you know? Do you know where you're gonna go or fly or do or are you gonna write another book or <laughs> I, I have no idea. I, I, I do know that I've been recording uh, finished recording an audiobook so I'll release that but it's the same book in audio. Mm. Uh, some people have been asking me to write a parenting book, so I may do that. Mm. Um, and what was just coming forward a second before you asked that, mm. which is interesting, was I'd love to do more of these. And if you want to invite people and just online, offline, just sit in dialogue together, just be curious together, just putting it out there. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much.